You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Okay, I think the, uh, the red light is to be believed. I believe we are live now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Low Key on the uh, Wall Network. I am your host, Harry, a.k.a. The Moving Target. As we start this really cool stove of uh, episode of the gas stoves and the game journalists who hate them. Um, I've been uh, wanting to bring up this meme for a while, just to joke about it for a while. And uh, Vincent, uh, you know... Um, didn't want to because he'd been hiding his gas stove in his house. He didn't want anyone to know he has one. But we all know it. I let the secret out. Okay. All right. You didn't lose yours in a fishing accident. Okay. All right. We all know you still have it. Okay. All right. But besides myself, because you guys all know that I never fly solo on any of these episodes. And so we're going to do things. I always bring a cast and crew of people with me. You know, so... Uh, you know, but since I already said Vincent's day, let's do let's break with tradition. Start with Vincent for Vincent and say hi. Hey, uh, we're here to talk about this uh, ice cold leftovers meme that we're reheating <laughs> because uh, it's not even the the thing that they're mad about now. <laughs> you already missed where they were where Xbox went woke because they put energy saving modes in there, Harry. That's oh, what yeah. everybody was complaining about. The, no one cared about the stoves. They they were just cared about. <laughs> They just cared about the 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 woke Xboxes. <laughs> yeah, we can get back into that. We can talk about the Xbox <laughs> things too. That was, I, I, I am more shocked that people are like, I can't believe they did that, and I'm like, I can't believe you think they can't do that. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> also joining us with us is uh, Reinhold. Reinhold, go ahead and say hi. Hello, everyone. I've got, like I said, the way to as I said earlier, I've got a five minute sum up of the whole guest so thing that. God damn it. Uh, just get us through it and push power through to something a little more interesting. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. I think Brian Holt's also probably hiding a gas stove in his house. <laughs> Not hiding it. I'm probably displaying it. Oh, wow. Wow. Open, open carry of the salt, <laughs> salt gas stove out here. Okay. All right. Fine. So just let me know when you want that. I'll get it to you. The summary. All right. All right. Fine. 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 <laughs> just ruining fun. his fun instantly. <laughs> my fun. Good evening, Christy. I'm with these uh, uh, two uh, uh, crab apples. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I just I'm not, I'm like not crab easy. apple about it. I just, I just think it's a perfect example of what's broken in the United States today. So, and then the fact that this is this isn't the the most current thing they're complaining about because <laughs> there was the Xbox going woke, and then the M and M's thing, and then, so we, oh, it's we're like, just it's like, been like, like four years. controversies yeah. behind. So, so what <laughs> aren't even controversies? It's just <laughs> complaining about stupid. It's shit all invented. No it's invented outrage. So <laughs> you, you've got you got a group that says, "Hey, you know, there's this this thing with these gas stoves. We're looking at what we need to do about it. <laughs> One of the things we're investigating is the possibility of maybe saying we should, you know, stop." All you know, new create new new gas stoves from being built and sold. That's it. That's all they said. They said we're looking into it. We'll see what we you know find out. And that like immediately the the, the right goes, the right goes. Oh, this is the most horrible thing. They're banning gas stoves. They're going to put people in jail for having gas stoves, which caused the left to go. 
hey, wait a minute, because they, they didn't know the story either. They just saw the people on the right complaining about it. So then mm-hmm. they said, no, 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 here's why we should get rid of gas stoves. And they, they're going into all these reasons why we should. And then they were back and forth. And it wasn't even the point of the whole thing to begin with. Right. It was just something that somebody made it, got outraged about, mm-hmm. which caused the other side to get more outraged, which caused them just to fight back and forth, talk over the top of each other. And no one even paid it to you. You try to tell somebody that. Oh yeah, this this governmental agency who's doing this was just doing a a possible examination of what the impact might be if they did do it, and it turned into they're coming for your guns, they're going to put you in jail. To we have to get rid of them in order to save the planet. That's how it works. Yeah, it's, you have to be the opposite of what the other thing was. It's like oh, we did this research that showed that that gastos might potentially have caused more asthma in kids who grew up around it and then they're like well everybody's getting rid of all the gas stoves now and then then it just spirals out of control of like oh man xbox is just so woke because they put a power saving mode in their xbox and even though that nobody will actually care about the the extra 30 seconds it takes for your game to load up because <laughs> Most of the systems already have power saving modes, and now it's just a default setting you have to go in and change, which you can easily do. It's like, who cares? Why are you guys well, making was this? A like big six deal months ago? Six months ago, people started complaining that millennials wanted to get rid of voice calling, voice phone calls. We're gonna get rid of them, they're gonna ban them. I'm like, what are you talking about? I will look, somebody had written in an article that they posted it on Reddit somewhere where they were saying, Hey, you know, it's millennials don't really like voice calling. They'd rather text. So, you know, cause the voice calling kind of makes them feel uncomfortable that turned into they're wanting to ban all voice calling phone calls. You know, it's just like people are on the lookout to find the next wedge issue in order to try to raise their poll numbers by 0.03%. Over the it's, over and bring the other side down. Point of group. That's that's all it is. It's outrage culture. I've gotten it's gotten to this point where most things, when they're they're talked about, it's really hard to have a normal like. I bring something to the table. You bring something to the table, and then we have a clear conversation about what it is. When instead, it's I'm going to yell at you because they made the M and M's not sexy anymore. And they're going to get rid of this, all the M&Ms because people were complaining that they weren't sexy anymore. It's like, well, who Tucker Carlson cares? has has a fetish with the yeah. M&Ms, right? So that's what it was all about. But everybody latched on to that. And it's like, oh, my God, what's what what are they doing? And it's like nobody. It's it's the lack of any attempt to have a good faith. Rational debate about topics, honest, good faith, and rational. Those three things is and nuanced might be another good term. None of that's even possible these days. No, because you're not that it's been in the past, about, <laughs> but right? it, it's worse now. It's the same, it's the same stuff that's always been happening when. GTA's hot coffee mod that was hidden deep within side of San Andreas's game code, and somebody found it. They were like, "Up, oh, you had to ban all video games because they're terrible for children because you it shows sex, even though there's no actual sex in this terrible mod. Is mostly just implied." 
but they had to ban video games, get rid of them. You know, same stuff with the when they had to make the ESRB because of Night Trap, because <laughs> girls might actually because it's a a live action acting of a girl getting kidnapped, and we need to make the ESRB because kids can't see this. Well, it's where I mean, it's like it's, I grew it's up when we were having debates in Congress about putting warning labels on albums because the Satanists were doing D&D and causing people to go crazy and believe that there were really witches and stuff out there. So, I mean, this is not something no, <laughs> new, as it saying. were. It's, uh, the it's, Red Scare, of course, is another great example of that. Uh, McCarthy right. era. That and Satanic Panic. And people are complaining about cancel culture. And I'm like, dude, we're not putting people in jail like we used to. We're not lynching them like we used to. We're not sending death squads to kill them because they said something we don't like. I mean, people are getting mad at other people in the response and they're having a conversation about it. It's like so much better than what it used to be. But now it's more of just outrage culture. It's Mm -hmm. I need to show everybody that I'm angry at something. Bernanke Ladies came out with a song about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. I can't remember what. And uh, it's basically a song about outrage culture. And it's it's really funny and really good. I like it a lot. So it's the new, um, uh, what was it called? The new something or other. Eh, irritates the me. New Disaster? Yeah, New because Disaster. You, you talked it. about it when we talked about Bernanke Ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I talked about Bernanke Ladies, I talked about it. Yeah, it's a new disaster. Mm-hmm. It's a... It's very the video. The video is actually drawn really well. Somebody had a, they had a behind the scenes on the guy actually drawing it and the steps he did and everything for it. So it was really good. But the song is is powerful. There's a in in the video. There's a there's a picture of somebody swallowing a half blue half red pill, and I just thought that was a perfect metaphor. <laughs> and they call it um, anti social media is what they call it. Yeah, so. I mean, it's- Mm-hmm. But everybody, everything is a performance, and that's what the big issue has always been for a lot of it. Once, once everybody's online and they're all, a, you have a constant way of saying that. Oh, these people can hear what I have to say. Everything you do is a performance. Every every word I post on Twitter is a performance for the people that are following me on Twitter. It's, is that what I'm doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not performing. But that's yeah. how everyone is. Everyone's performing. Yeah. You're, you're, most people don't have, you could have a strong opinion on something and you just ratchet it, ratchet it up to 11 because that's what people want to see. You know, you can go, well, I think, you know, episode seven of Star Wars was a D, de- was okay, but that's not enough to get people to pay attention. You have to either go, it's the worst or it, or it's the best. And that's uh-huh. how everything is. Yeah, and and everybody has been doing like their hot hot take on the show that will not be mentioned, and I've just been just just like I was getting ready to say something about it. Yeah, my entire YouTube feed is like barely has anything. I've been watching like old videos and stuff like that because every time like one of like uh, the people I want to will listen to content to, they want to talk about that show that I don't want to talk about. Don't want to even watch. Didn't want to absorb anything about it. They just want to talk about it, like, and they keep hate watching the damn thing. Yeah, I was watching Jim Mathers the other day, and he he even got into it a little bit. Hate they were talking about canceling it. it. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I don't know if you know I who Jim Mathers it, is. It's just like ten, just ten to hundreds of people going. I watch this show, so you don't have to. And I'm like, 
don't. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously it's not meant for you. You didn't care for it. Just move on. Go do something else. Well, I just think- like I was listening to something about Battlefield Earth being this horrible movie, and it's like you go to you go to Rotten Tomatoes. It's got three percent. It's getting what it deserves, right? People are responding, and their opinion will come out. You don't mm-hmm. have to scream it in people's faces. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's just silliness the more. So, yeah, but I mean that that also plays into the other thing we want to talk about, like journalists and stuff. But people want to know the opinions of what other people is. It's the yeah. same reason why you watch react content is because you want to see how other people react to the things you want to watch. If somebody right, saw that I don't show get into I don't like get into it. people getting outraged about things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like watching people have react honest reactions to something they see. If they don't like it, they don't like it. That's fine. But if they were sitting there watching it and going, "This is the most horrible woke thing I've ever seen," blah blah blah, I'm just turning them off. I'll never watch them again. Oh, that, I've had people. Yeah. I, I go to YouTube and, and sometimes I'll get a, a a video presented to me, like you know, here's a video you might like type thing. And if it's something that is completely you know, talking about wokeness or whatever. And I'm just like, I don't have nothing to do with that. I don't want to hear about it. Don't recommend this channel to me again. This is the option I use. Yeah, exactly. And I totally understand that. What I meant more of is not that they're going the super extreme route of it. It's more of the part, like if I want to know what Harry thinks of something, I want to go to his channel and see what he says about it. A lot of people are the same way. That's right. the thing about the this whole thing is like when I get into talking about cancel culture, people and I get into talking about um, just social media. I mean, people are like the eagles of social media. Social media is going to going to destroy the you know, the society and everything. And it's like all that social media is, and all that cancel culture technique. You know, if you want to call it that, is give it a name or a label. It's stuff that's been around for you know, centuries, thousands of years. Um, but if you want to say that those things are bad it's it's not that they are bad it's that sometimes people misuse them they're they're useful tools that can be used for good or used for bad it's just like a gun a gun can be used to good to defend yourself it can be used for bad to hurt somebody cars other things there's all kinds of tools that if they're misused they're very harmful right we don't ban those things you know and we 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 take an honest examination and say the tool itself is a valuable thing to have when used right. And it's worth some of the misuse of it and it'll sort itself out. Exactly. I think the, which what most people get their issues with uh, quote unquote cancel culture using, we're going to use the term because it's what people understand. It's easier. Um, but uh, it's more of when you get in the hands of people who in this liberal society that we live in, who are illiberal, who aren't liberal, who don't want, who rather for, if you're not with me or the revolution that I'm going for, I just want you to destroy it. I'm fine with destroying you other than, Hey, we're having this conversation. We understand what you're doing is X bad thing. And you should probably change or, you know, adapt. This is what the people are speaking to you, you know, you know, and allowing that, yeah, allowing that person to come back, forgiveness, the forgiveness arc. And I think that's what a lot of people are having of the biggest issue with, you know, the illiberal people you know, wielding that wielding that tool. Right, but you, let's say you got somebody like Christopher Rufo who's admitted to coming up with terms specifically to trigger people mm-hmm. in this ma- in this manner. He's propagandist. He admits mm-hmm. it freely that that's what he is, and yeah. people still buy into it. I mean, he's standing there saying, "I am doing this," mm-hmm. and it's like, "Don't you <laughs> see what he's doing?" Oh yeah, yeah, but he's right though, and I'm like, oh, it's like, oh man, 
That's fair. It's if it is shadow banned, you can't. It's really hard to find it. Yeah. <laughs> but except if you just go to it, I mean that's yeah. the thing is that yeah. if you go know what you want and you go to mm-hmm. it, that was the whole thing with shadow banning is that they were never stopping people from going and seeing the content. They just weren't getting it presented to them if they didn't ask yeah, for it. Yeah, it stops the discovery of it. That's just the yeah, issue. Yeah. But it's, but yeah, it's social media is when used what it's supposed to be used for is is a nice tool. But everybody's terminally online. That's the issue. Everybody is terminally online. Everything mm-hmm. they do, they want to post it on Twitter to get the fake, the fake, imaginary points of people saying that the, they, they just, what they did is cool. Mm-hmm. Same with like Instagram and all the other things. It's mm-hmm. it's what it's evolved into. Instead of it being, hey, I'm just going to you know share this thing that I accomplished or share this funny thing with another. It is. My whole life is now I must tweet it or yes. I must post it on Twitter or YouTube or Instagram or twi- or sh- live stream it or, you know, it's yeah, the thing is, is that if it's not entertaining and if people don't want to hear it or see it, it you, it's not going to have any reach. It's not going to do anything. That's the like there's a there's a, a, a person I saw on TikTok. I liked her, her what she was doing, what she was about. She was making funny videos. Um, where she played different characters and she just keeps getting more and more characters and stuff. I went and found out she had a, U- a YouTube channel, went to go check it out. She's got 6 million views or, or subscribers. She's huge. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I just happened to stumble across her, right? And now my wife is obsessed with her too. So we just watch her all the time. But that's um, that's quality showing its, huh? Is it Hamzy? Did you get stuck into Hamzy? No, no, it's uh, Call Me Chris. Oh, oh you, you should watch Hamzy. Yeah. But. But Call Me Chris has a character called Riley. He's just a little kid, and she thinks it's okay. It's it's adorable as fuck. But you know what? What we what I'm finding is that the quality rises up. Like if somebody is enjoyable to watch, you now there are some people who will manufacture themselves a a bump in views or a a bunch of you know media attention for saying outrageous things that everybody gets mad at. But that's going to fade. Nobody's going to maintain that level of outrage long enough for that to to last longer than a year or two. All right. So, you know, and that pulls into the game journals to talk because there's been a lot of YouTubers and game journals where they've almost uh, just fed into each other, get puke in each other's mouths. And but it took it's taking a while for them to fade once they've been propped up with other different things like that. Because, yes, um, while shadow betting and stuff like that, the algorithm has helped out um, some channels. This has has made growth for in hard hard for other channels, so they don't get a chance to get good because they're not promoted and not pushed up, you know. Or I'll even allow good. We're talking about gaming. Oh, you get good. You gaming journalism. You're you're saying get good. Yeah, mm-hmm. get good. Yeah, fun. you can't get good. Yeah, you can't get good. <laughs> you know, so you got a lot of game journals. Good. You know, like that can't get good. Like the one of I've got like a very few game journals that I actually will like watch because I respect their opinion. One of it's Angry Joe. I respect Angry Joe's opinion on video games, movies, eh, but video games, <laughs> which is arguably a lot more, yeah. you know. Uh, personal. I mean, somebody's opinion on a movie or a book or a TV show is going to be 
much more subjective than it is a video game. Because a video game, you can say the quality is this, and mm-hmm. the, right. they you did know, this wrong. The mechanics don't here. feel well yeah. on this. Otherwise, you're saying music. I didn't like the way the beat was made. You know, I like the beat, so you know that's it's much more subjective. We just don't align when it comes to like he can enjoy a lot of different movies where he can go and just turn his move his brain off to go watch a popcorn eating movie like that. Unless it's in, unless it's Max, I can't do it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not true. Unless it's Max or in a fictional video game world. How dare you? Okay, right. you admitted it, and you know it's true. First off, um, <laughs> once we get through uh, Sao Alicization, you will understand the 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 beauty, which is Sao. Anyways, back to this and the propping up of the crowd, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and we're watching now with all the layoffs, which I don't. It sucks. It sucks for all these game journals being laid off at this time of year where they are in California and and, and in this economy right now. It's got to effing suck. It's got to suck. I really hope they've got money saved up. I hope they're fighting work and other different things, but there's so many of them that it's just got the axe. But they also had to see the writing on the on the wall. The I think the thing that really like sh- showed me that like it they don't have long is when BuzzFeed went public and their IPO did crap. <laughs> And it started to tank, and it became worthless. And I think it showed, which showed everybody, which I've been also been saying in the beginning of the year, is like a lot of these Silicon Valley crappy startup companies own nothing. Yet they, yet for some reason, they get IPO status, they get value to be worth millions when they don't own nothing. They don't do, they don't produce crap. They have worthless bullcrap jobs, and they don't have anything. Yeah, and they don't have anything. It was like, what's our code? Yeah, it's like Twitter. You remember that Netscape IPO where all the people who worked on that was immediately millionaires and overnight, mm-hmm. and then yes. within a year or two, a year and a half, it was gone. Yeah. Because Dot Internet Explorer bubble. came out and just took over. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. it was just like, I know it's a, uh, um, it's the yeah, take the money and run, get that one in your hand and cash and sell it out and get the heck out, you know. Um, yeah, that's why like those all those clauses or like uh, if you're Elon Musk, I'll be the last one to sell. Start selling your shares quickly, because <laughs> he knows his stuff is overvalued. But at least Tesla actually owns things. They have battery plants, power producing plants. They have physical well, assets, you know, to back. Technically, up. Elon doesn't doesn't yeah. own. That's true. Uh, that's true. Like. Well, technically, uh, Elon doesn't own Twitter. Saudi Arabian com- uh, right, government right, does. Right, right. We can't. Be- we can't. There's, there's too many of us. We, if we go in that dark hole of bashing Elon, we won't do anything else. So I, I God, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just change the name of the channel. But I, I toast my pants off right now and just start like, all right. <laughs> Another thing about Elon, but anyways, but no, is these game journalists that just don't own nothing. Like, what what did BuzzFeed have? What did uh, like like um, once they the eyes started going like IGN and all these other ones started leaving? It's like you have bashed your heart. Like uh, before the show, Mister uh, was talking about like the hardcore gamer audience is like once you've pushed around and pushed out a lot of the hardcore gamers, they're going to go into little holes and everywhere. So they're finding their like I found Angry Joe, you know, and there's hundreds and hundreds of other game journalists out there that people have found and latched onto, and now and so if you're not propped up by the because right now ad revenue is crap. Um, if we did get anything on this uh, channel. It'd be crap, <laughs> but we don't. <laughs> um, 
the so Adverb goes with the toilet, so they were just being put by venture capitalists and stuff like that. So, but everybody's shrinking and bringing in money, so it's kind of like once they have nothing to show for it, the air, you know, you've got to start laying people off and start selling things because bills need to be paid, and all you have is air. And then people are trying to get sold to things that aren't, you know, one wants to buy. So, it's such a massive set of issues that all steamroll into one big ball that is tumbling downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, the The lack of trust in a lot of the big video game publications because they kept, they were easily you could easily see when the writers were getting bought out by the games that were that mm-hmm. they were reviewing when stuff like Madden was getting like eights mm-hmm. and nines and saying it's the step in the right direction eight years in a row step in the right know, direction every year it's and it's basically the same game where literally you could see the same animations four games in a row Mm -hmm. and literally ui graphics from the previous game in the new game you just had to look for it it's there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that that's when start people starts getting starts losing trust in it then there's the whole controversy that one of the ign writers plagiarized us and this guy's youtube channel yeah just openly plagiarized him and copied him and it said oh i was just inspired by it when it was basically word for word copy pasting and stole reviews. and stole footage yes yeah, still his his gameplay yeah yeah and then you also had the whole thing where the that there was that negative review of cuphead because the reviewer couldn't <laughs> figure out how to get past the tutorial mm-hmm. because he didn't understand the mechanics of the game yeah. and Pro- professional want- game journalists couldn't get through yeah. the tutorial of cuphead yeah, so you've the people that are like really into games, you've lost a lot of their interest in you because you've basically showed that you're you're biased and you really aren't. Sh- they really don't trust what you have to say because most of the things you say they either don't agree with or they can see that you're getting paid to say this. Correct. When when people go, well, IGN gave it a six, that means that it's actually a two, but they can't give it lower than a six. Mm-hmm. It's like because they they're getting paid to do it, that's mm-hmm. that becomes an issue. Yep, because the ad revenues are they get sponsored for booths. Then you also want to be able to get access because they yeah. you, they may need you to uh, promote this game because there's another AAA game that's coming out to the same publisher that is going to be really good. But if you dog on this crap game, on this crappy game, you'll lose access. Right. Do you, do you remember? Newspapers used to all every newspaper used to have a movie re, movie reviewer in the newspaper. They don't do that anymore, Mm-mm. right? Because at one point the 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 big ones decided to go off and do their own thing on uh, on their own and syndicated it out. Mm-hmm. And then Rotten Tomatoes comes along, and you see the difference between what the critics say about something and what the people who actually go see the stuff say about something. Right, and and you're starting to see that sort of thing too. I think in in the gaming journalism world where people are saying look you keep telling me this stuff i go play the game and i don't have the same experience i'm not going to watch you anymore i'm not going to listen to you anymore this guy over here i agree with him his assessment completely i'm going to watch him on the next one see what he says about it or or, and that's how you build that and who who they are like a great Mm -hmm. example is zero punctuation Mm-hmm. This game is zero punctuation. Zero. I've been Yachty, a huge fan for a you, decade. You know exactly what he <laughs> enjoys. So because you have an understanding of how he perceives it, you understand how he's judging the game. So mm-hmm. when he gives a review that this is 
boring or this is bad or this is great. You understand why he says it's this way because you <laughs> understand this is his viewpoint and this is how he assesses the games and he assesses all games in the same level. Even he goes, and this game is bad, but I like it and I don't know why. And it's <laughs> hilarious. Exactly. And it's I, will, I sit and watch his show, watch his reviews, whether I will ever even consider playing the game he's talking about or not, because he's so damn funny. Right, exactly. He has great humor, and and, mm-hmm. and when he does, then he has the the extra punctuations where he just goes like a as a deep dive on like a subject that he wanted to talk about, like the gaming. Also, mm-hmm. this is very, it's very elaborate. It's very well written, so you understand where his viewpoints are even more. You understand he's that he's been streaming his gameplay lately too, which is mm-hmm. fun. So, so it's what so when you have a reviewer that you. You watch and you understand where they're coming from, and you you enjoy their personality, and you know their objectives and and how they objectively review things. Mm-hmm. Then you have a much better understanding of what you're watching going in, right. or you going in looking at somebody. He's got a huge body of work too. I mean, you've got yeah. a decade of his reviews. I used to watch him when the first internet first started, and he was doing right. his, his very first interview his uh, reviews, and I'm just. Um, I was just blown away, blown away by the comedy of it and the well, how well written the comedy was. That I continue watching him, and I was like, got a lot out of what he was saying about these games and the people who were involved. And oh, he doesn't, you know, him and his spiffing Brit talk about Todd Howard all the time. It's just hilarious to listen to, <laughs> you know. Um, and you learn about these people and how these games develop companies work. And this one was a subject, you know, was made by this studio who did this and this and this, and they ripped off this from that. And you get that information too. You in, but you, you know what you can trust because he's got, he, he's not somebody who started doing this a year ago. Right. He has you know? a body he's, of work. Yeah. But he also, he has a massive body of work, but he also is very consistent on his opinions. And if he, if his ideas and thoughts change, he talks about it when he does his reviews. He's like, this game was like this, but this is why it's different. This is why I like this compared to what this was. Mm-hmm. He goes into detail about what he cares about and why, he, and that that's why he's still going after 10, 15 years of making these short five minute videos mm-hmm. of him reviewing games. Now, to be fair, they should be like 20 minute videos, but the talks so fast. It's only five. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this gets as much joke in as possible. Sometimes I have to pause it. Mm-hmm. Well, he's also you always you know, have to pa- always pause the end screen because there's always a great joke mm-hmm. on the last credits page. You got to check it out. So, it goes but by he also always on other things of like he was already a writer, so you know he be- he be- he was willing to put what he preaches of narrative into practice. He's worked on games, so you know that he's willing to put what he preaches into practice. It's somebody that is that you know that he cares about this, so you follow him and understand him. That's why, you know, do you look at somebody like Angry Joe and his game reviews, you understand where he's coming from. He is very he's very consistent. He very much as time evolves, his opinions have evolved to, to match as he's grown as a person. He's mm-hmm. reviewed things and changed addressed when he changes opinions on different aspects of gaming and it's great to watch somebody evolve and him going from just yelling and screaming all the time to him having in-depth analysis and then also being mad yeah because the massive evolution he was before i need the screaming well there's a annual madden uh, you know 
<laughs> that's that's an annual dumb. thing that I do every year. Like, oh, hour and a half video of Madden him review <laughs> discussing how it's worse and how many things they've removed this time. I'm waiting for back in the early 2000s. Go, like, you have to pay him to do it. Like, no, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> what charity do we have to bankroll? <laughs> Play this damn game. Play the game. <laughs> What you so back in the early 2000s, there was a uh, movie reviewer like that. Kind of got into that where I was, I was going back and reading his reviews, and they were all just like perfectly what I was thinking. And his, his name was his his uh, webpage was Doctor Daniel's Movie Reviews, and he would put things in, you know, in the OR when he was examining him, the examination room, and then he would what, put them in the morgue if they were bad. It was it was really kind of cute, and he always started every review with, "Okay, here's the deal," and it was just something that I started picking up and saying, "And now Biden is ruined." I can't do it anymore. But but he he would do that. He's like, okay, here's the deal. And then he was gone for like two, three, four years. I was regularly watching his reviews, find out what he had to say, and then he just disappeared. Right, I so still to this day down. do not know what happened. He's just gone. So Pod faded that's hard. unfortunate. Yeah, I don't know if he had an accident or something, you know. I don't know. He's who knows what happened. He, he might just gave up and still be around. Who knows? So I was worried about like the, some of the podcasts like I've pod faded on. Or, and I was like, is anyone like still on this channel? If I posted something with someone, like, we want to see. Like, yeah. where the fuck have you been? You know, because like there are people like I've heard like I was talking to some YouTubers like they said like I've got a dead channel and I first started making videos on and I posted video on there. So I was like, where have you been? I'm like, I've got this <laughs> other channel. I've been doing things. <laughs> Why are you still here? <laughs> right, it, but that's the thing about journalism in, in general is that unless they're doing like unless it's divorcing journalism from the review aspect of it right. the issue with a lot of the journalism part of it is that a lot of especially game journalism is very much disingenuous Yeah, and the ones that have deep and interesting stories that to tell usually get shunned or nobody cares about them or nobody listens to them. Right. Uh, a good example in the esports world is uh, uh, a man named Richard Lewis, who is so synonymous and so hated in certain communities that he he is still banned on the League of Legends uh, Reddit, uh, Reddit uh, subreddit. Mm-hmm. That if you even mention his name, it gets deleted. And you wow. can't even allude to him. You, he literally got the word Voldemort banned because they were using it as a reference to him. <laughs> but it was because he was like, "This is what what's happening in your game. You're you're the the people who are making the game don't care. They're spending all this money getting this cheap buyouts from other things." And he does in depth journalistic and understanding. He he did a whole deep dive into the uh, the CSGO scandal of the I buy power cheating scandal where they purposely threw games match fixing scandal where they purposely match fixed. So that way they can get a massive payout. He's done a lot. He's been in contact with many different sets of officials uh, mm-hmm. all over the world because he's also did deep dives into the, the Russian mafia connections with CSGO and how they use that as their, Money as their bay, their, yeah, their laundering and their base to gamble and do other things. Mm-hmm. And how one kid literally the mafia showed up and told him that he needs to throw this, throw this game or they don't know what's going to happen to his mom. Mm-hmm. 
throw this game. <laughs> or or I don't know what's going to happen to your mom. It's just, just saying that, you know, yeah, I know you're 16, but I need you to lose this. <laughs> and that's not even a joke. <laughs> oh, man. And, and the fact that, you know, watching a lot of the esports companies be bought up by, you know, Saudi money and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and how all that's connected and and talking about how all the how they're that a lot of these companies are doing things that don't make any sense. Like when the whole Ukraine Russia thing started, they banned all Russian orgs from playing in CSGO tournaments. Mm-hmm. So that so a lot of the Russian orgs had to get bought out by other organizations. And one of them won the world championship, like one of the majors, one of the CSGO majors, mm-hmm. under a, a, a pseudonym name of the outsiders, but it's all players from this Russian organization. And then they got delivered to the location for Virtus Pro, which is the real team's name, yeah. and they have the trophy in their Virtus Pro area because they're the fucking players that won the goddamn trophy. Yeah. But everybody's like, oh, I can't believe that these people are getting these trophies. This is originally a Russian organization. This is going to negatively... It's like, why are you doing this? Yeah, Why are you doing that? Those people playing that game have nothing to do with what was going on. Exactly. And it's nothing. one of those... When you actually get people who are journalists that are that actually take the, the stories and hold people try to hold people to account, a lot of people don't want to hear that because yeah. it it's scary and it makes the things you like not as interesting. Yeah, the investigative journalism is like it's like it's really hard to keep money into a company that is doing stuff stuff like that. Is the do you feel that the there's not enough stuff going on? Because I always thought that there's never enough going on that's not investigative, like some scandal going on. Of course, uh, that someone's got to deep dive it. But is there enough going on in the gaming space? For all these reviews, because always because that's uh, we've talked about this before is like the problem with esports and most sports organization is that they're trying to be the NFL, NBA, and FIFA too fast and can't think about that. Like the WNBA is complaining because you know they can't take like flights everywhere, and I'm like, you know, like I don't see the NBA doing that. I'm like the NBA road like coach buses for and private cars for years, bro. <laughs> Fill your stands first, <laughs> but. The esports is is the worst case of that is whether they think that that I think only in the history of esports I think only two teams have ever been profitable mm. period over mm. the the ten fifteen years yeah. and it's like TSM and T one but and that's mostly because T one is backed by a giant Korean organization mm. that is spending money hand over fist and they're constantly winning things right yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah, there's just not enough for it. Like to me, like I think the esports scene, you know, suffers from people always trying to make too much money off off it without trying to just grow the genre of it. The other issue is that a lot of it is a lot of the the esports in particular, a lot of the tournaments are monopolized by the by certain groups. So like League of Legends, you can't do a League of Legends tournament unless Riot Games approves of it. They have to be the ones to run it. You can't just go, well, we're going to do this, you know, these all amateur players that we want to do this tournament over here. And Riot Games says, no, no, no. You can't do a league or anything. That's ours. We own this. You have to come through us. But just in gaming in general, this general journalism for gaming, the issue is, is that what you have to report on is, you know, 
early looks and mm-hmm. what what could possibly be this next game. But right. where there's so many games in the market, that anticipation isn't the same thing anymore. Compared to the 90s and the early 2000s, mm-hmm. where gaming is still brand new and fresh mm-hmm. and uh, and all these you have all these magazines that are like we have an exclusive look at Final Fantasy 8. Yeah, we know that's coming out. Isn't that insane that this game is coming out? There's this exclusive look on what what could possibly be this game going forward. Now it's just like cool, they did a they did a press release and you can just go to their website. Uh, you can go to the Square Enix website for the Final Fantasy 7 remake press release that they released and you can just read it there you don't need this journalist to write up a a, a op about it but when i can just uh, with four mouse clicks find the exact article they're trying to make an op about yeah so and then it becomes all about personal it's a shame we don't know a game journalist we could invite on <laughs> no, he's busy. We don't talk to him. <laughs> and he messed up. He should have moved to Indy. Okay, right? He, he couldn't. My, he wasn't on a four-hour stream, so he can't be on this one, right? He could have been my Brett. Okay, right? <laughs> but a lot of it comes down to opinion pieces at that point. When when all, all the, the the new information is easily accessible, and as soon as one person hears about it, it's spread all over the internet, and then the original source is gone because this person leaked it to this one guy, they put it out there and then somebody grabbed it and spread it out there. And the original poster gets no, gets no click through because it's on Twitter and a hundred people are talking about it or a thousand people are talking about it on Twitter. And then what's the point? You know, the only things that will do click through is the investigative journalism stuff is the, Mm -hmm. this is what's happening behind the scenes. Why, why this company is having these issues. This is why this, this thing happened, et cetera, et cetera. The the crux of game journalism being, you know, the the eyes and ears of the people who can't have who don't have the eyes and ears. Like E3 was this massive thing because it was the industry mm-hmm. just showing what's gonna be in the future, what's ahead of us, and it was always this massive event because it was only exclusive people allowed in and mm-hmm. only a few, a couple hundred uh, general admission people are allowed in to experience. It and it's this mm-hmm. massive experience. And then it just became open to the public. And then you start realizing, well, you don't need to do press conferences because you could just go on the internet and then you can do what Nintendo does and just go, Oh, here's our quarterly Nintendo direct of all the games that are coming out here. Get hype. Right. Yeah. Like C- or C- yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was the point. Just you like know, but. Guild Wars 2 is coming out with a uh, new roadmap that they're going to put out there. And it's instead of people guessing what it's going to be, they're right, telling you everybody. Yeah. yeah, you can yeah. just go on there and figure it out. Like, that's the thing is, with the it, that's the power of the internet at this point, is that if one person knows, everybody knows. Imagine, imagine how the whole thing of fighting Akuma and Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Right? How you had to get, like a bunch of perfect games in a row and you have to beat it within like a certain amount of time. And then just out of nowhere, he shows up, kills Bison and you got to fight this unnamed character. And you're like, Holy shit. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Now the, the internet exists. He's like, all right, how do I fight Akuma? Oh yeah. Do this, this, this cool, cool, cool. I can just watch four clips of this real quick. And that whole word of mouth thing that was, that what it was mm-hmm. before is not as predominant. Because yeah. you don't need that word of mouth when you can, when I can watch eight videos of a playthrough of a game and 
get their commentary as they're playing through it and get their perspective as they're playing through it and see the person that hate this game, the person mm-hmm. that loves this game, and people are like, well, this is all right, but, you know, this could have been better because this, this, and this. Yeah, so it's like Mortal Kombat when it came out when, you know, the fatalities was secret. That was a secret thing that no one was supposed to find this code out, you know, and sure enough, people found, one person right. found it out when they dropped the first cabinet, you know? Right, they're like, oh they my god, what is this? Yeah. Or well, Killer or Instinct, they, were... they ended up putting all those on the, on the machines. Yeah. Because they just said, here you that's go, here, 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 you, here you are. So. Yeah, like, there's, or or that's when you had all the stuff, like, in Mortal Kombat 2, where mm-hmm. randomly Scorpion, uh, a reptile would just show up and, like, say something and disappear, and you're like, what the fuck was that? How do I fight <laughs> I that I guy? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, you gotta learn how to do this. They're just like yeah. just trying and trying and trying. And like how, now how does... it's now it's very much. If I want to know what happens in a in a narrative game, I could just watch a playthrough of it. If I want to watch a scary game and not actually have to play it myself, I can watch somebody else play it, and then I won't. Then I can watch them be scared because even though I might jump, but but I don't have to physically experience it anymore. Like I literally watched a friend. Um, lose his mind because he was playing the Resident Evil 7 mm-hmm. the the demo and mm-hmm. it was in our house and we made him put headphones on mm-hmm. and and turn all the lights off and he was just watching on the TV with the headphones on mm-hmm. and he and you could see he was like fucking terrified because he couldn't <laughs> hear anything around him because he only hear things in the headphones kind of like what what happens with VR now yeah but it's that kind of that experience of watching somebody experience something for the first time in that kind of, in that particular manner is so much more entertaining and compared to, you don't need the, the journalist to go, trust me, bro, this game is awesome. I played it. I put all this time and effort into it compared to like, cool. I just watched this 18 hour playthrough of the entire narrative and I don't care anymore. That's true. Like Twitch has became like a very, um and youtube gaming uh, has been a very good like thing for me for like uh for judging whether or not like i want to buy a game i will watch it i like to watch it first i think the only time i ever ever don't watch a game on twitch or watch someone play it before is when um rando people um uh, just buy me a game you know who you are (laughs) (laughs) like like a raft built Mm -hmm. game building game or something yeah like i was on a raft or something yeah stuff like that you know, and I end up like just having a what game. Would you call it, what would you call a game like that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Probably uh, boat, raft, boat, boat, maybe boat, 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 <laughs> boat, boat, ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the Reach Gaming, um, a Preach Gaming. He just uh, like two weeks ago decided to because he does a lot of MMO stuff. So he does Fantasy Four and Wow, and he decided he got uh, his community finally. Ch- talked him into doing guild wars too so he's done like the whole he did the whole main story playthrough and now he's going through the different expansions and living world content and he it's like you know you can watch the vods on youtube now they're like six Mm -hmm. hours long each and he took nine nine episodes six hours each to play all the way through the main story um and you can go watch it. You can go watch his his opinion, his reaction. Like, oh, this is this is like this, and wow, okay, this is like this, and you know, he, he's comparing based off what he knows, uh, how the game is playing. He he, he like he tells what he likes about it. He tells what he doesn't like about it. So right, you can just do that. You don't have to go to a game journalist. You can just you watch him. Somebody do it. You can fast forward if you want. And, 
And that's why I feel like the 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 concept of game journalism is kind of becoming irrelevant. Because because if I want to watch a review, I'll find somebody that can review it. If I want to watch, well, I want to know what's going to be coming in the future. I can just gamers have a community. It. So exactly. when when something is a story or something wants people want to talk about something, they'll talk about it. You got Discord, you got Reddit, you got <laughs> all these different mm-hmm. places just to talk about it. You've got people yeah. making content about it to where you, you've got to find a niche. Even as a streamer, you've got to find a way to differentiate yourself from the other people right. uh, who are doing this and talking about it. So you have to actually, you, you find people are starting to say, okay, now you've got to be entertaining too. You've got to be good at, you can't just like, there's times I go to look and see how somebody did something in a game I'm playing and I'll look at a video and they'll say, this is how I did it. Right. You go on the video, it's either somebody not talking mm-hmm. they're just showing the video, which is boring or it's somebody talking and they are their Their audio is horrible they're it doesn't sound like they've talked publicly ever right i mean i i have problems with you know stuttering sometimes and kind of stopping with on thinking and stuff like that but this is more like you know just somebody who just doesn't talk much doing the video and i you know okay i'll I'll find somebody else who's, who's done this so i can get something better out of it so those that's how that starts like i said cream of the crop starts to rise in that area too mm-hmm. to where you start watching people who are not only informed and not only good at this the game but also are entertaining in some way right and the other big thing is that gaming is no longer niche mm-hmm. that that's it used to be this massive niche thing that if you were if you played games when you played video games when you were a kid and you had a Super Nintendo, you were a nerd and nobody liked you. You were the kid that got picked on. If you had a if you had a Commodore sixty four, uh, which is closer to when Reinhold was young, uh, <laughs> I had a Commodore sixty four when I graduated high school. Before that, an Intellivision. Let's go to say the that. Intellivision. Closer to when he was young. Closer to when Reinhold, he was you had an Intellivision. Oh yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> it was the best it was the best it was, so it was that or Atari and it was like that was the better game console in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You had the game pads, you had the numbers on it, you had the yeah. little disc yes. thing, and you could yeah. mm-hmm. do a lot more with it. Man, I used to game on that. Had the little slides in it to help like the little like so you mm-hmm. know what the number pads did and stuff like that. Yep. Yep. Little helper scene. My my game my game on that was Astro Smash. Ooh, I, I was that. an Astro Smash. I could have been I find out that they, they actually had contests where you could go and play Astro Smash mm-hmm. for for you know, become the best in the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I should have done it because there was I was good at it, and mm-hmm. I'd play that thing for hours. I remember there was one time, and my mom keeps reminding me of this. Uh, I was playing all night long. I was at this high level, and I paused the game to go to bed. Mm-hmm. I was gonna pick it back up again in the morning. By the time I got up, my little sister, who was one maybe at the time, one and a mm-hmm. half, she was crawling around. Put her hand on it and reset the game. Oh, and I was 15 at the time, <laughs> and I was like, ah. So, yep. But then I watch. So when I watch uh, Big Bang Theory and I see Sheldon wearing an Astro Smash T-shirt, mm-hmm. I immediately just go, okay, mad, mad props because somebody knew what they were set doing when they gave him that shirt to wear. I, I used to play Burger Time. Burger Time was my game. Oh, Burger <laughs> Time. My mom loves Burger Time. I had to install it on the computer for her to play it. 
Mm-hmm. That's so the uh, arcade in Castleton at Boss Battle. You can play arcade Burger Time. So much better. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, no. So just, I spent, you know how much money I spent at, there's an arcade in Martinsville called the Enterprise. And I would go there every chance I had with, you know, I was doing T-tossling corn when I was like 15. And they would drop us off at the Enterprise to mm-hmm. get picked up. And I would just tell my parents to come an hour or two later. And I would go in there and play. Mm-hmm. All the money I'd made doing the corn, I was in there playing. Video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my <laughs> brother was putting it in the bank. I was playing video games. I was spent so much time there. But it's, that's it's unbelievable. That's my point. Is that 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 was niche? Having oh, an yeah, arcade I, was niche. Going to the arcade was niche. Yeah. And I and got now it's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And made fun of yeah. our little si- our little town has like what three arcade bars? Typically, if we really wanted to look for it, yeah. Yeah, it's like three but, arcade bars, a pure two pure arcades without the bar. Mm-hmm. See. But that's my point. I miss the that... sound of the arcade, man. When when it was mm-hmm. a true arcade and not an arcade with like eight games that you would want to play, then a bunch of kids' games. Right? When it used to be just an arcade that had a couple pool tables, pinball machines, and you know, asteroids, mm-hmm. uh uh, was it a Boss Mike Tyson punch enough. out? <laughs> Mike Tyson punch out. Boss you know, that close thing. enough for that. They, they don't have pool tables, but they do have pinball machines and all the other fun stuff there. Mm-hmm. But it's it's no longer the niche thing as it was. Right. Is that mm-hmm. gaming is now everywhere? You know, even if the kids are just playing Fortnite or Apex or you know mm-hmm. games that are not are not for me or I don't play or I don't really care for. They're still in the mainstream. You you could find children everywhere flossing and well, default dancing because that's just internet. Yeah, like even Minecraft is so universally known yeah. that it's that it's it's a video game that everybody knows and they're like, oh yeah, it's fine, it's whatever. Yeah, yeah. kids just it's basically digital Lego, so I don't and I don't have to step on them, so that works for me. It's not just that though. My parents, mm-hmm. who were never like they were like tolerated that I play games, but they were never into them. They're playing Candy Crush. They're playing. Yeah. I got Burger Time. She, my mom does a lot of um, those find the things on the screen games, mm-hmm. things like that. And she's then, got a handful of games that she's so she's mm-hmm. hooked up with my, uh, my uncle, and they have a lot of Big Fish games. They play a bunch of those, and they've got into it. So it's just like yeah, it's, once we become to a point where we can have leisure time games are a fun way to use that leisure mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. gaming has just become a universally accepted thing and because it is it's gaming journalism isn't a thing it's just journalism mm-hmm. it's because it's part of the mainstream now so if something big happens like activision blizzard or the anti antitrust stuff with microsoft trying to buy activision blizzard <laughs> you know that's just you read about news. it in the post and the times. You don't. Have yeah, to it's just news now. It's place, not. Yeah. It's not specialty hidden stuff, and the and the more hidden stuff is the esports stuff because it's not as popular. Right. It's not right. as not as big as everything else. So you're saying that is there is not enough news for it just to be its own little small channel, but there's enough that it really just needs to be join the rest of the news cycle. There's not enough news to chew up that, but there's enough occasional. Big stories that'll mm-hmm. get picked up by mm-hmm. the big the big players, right? So right. the big Activision thing, like so, you know, that'll get picked up. But you know, this uh, 
this uh, game getting delayed. This, yeah, this independent game that came out, and it's got this little quirky thing with it. You know, you're not going to hear about that anywhere because if you hear about it, you're going to hear about it from other people on the Discord or in a Reddit somewhere. Right. Like, or see somebody talk about it on YouTube. Yeah, there's enough com- or see it on, or see it on Twitch. Yeah. yeah. The, you don't need that to read gaming journalism has kind of been IGN. like pushed into almost an obsolete territory of if something's big enough, it's just news. If something massive happens, like Sony decides that they're gonna buy Nintendo, that that's just that's gonna be everywhere, you know? Or like you find out like like Nintendo and has decided that they're going to stop producing game consoles or whatever. It's big enough where everybody will, the news, the normal news, report on it. And, and, and it's much harder for the normal news to be coerced into fake positive reviews exactly. by the game manufacturers. Right. And then when you get... They'll, they'll report that. It's like, so this yeah. person is trying to buy us. Yeah. <laughs> and so the actual things you want from review from journalism journalists are you know deep dives into games of history the history of how this game is made or hands on or early early footage mm-hmm. but the companies are either going to put it out themselves yeah well, because they want to maximize that, the eyes onto yeah. it or the there's youtubers that they get early there's access a, to a couple great there was a couple great youtube channels that are doing the history of mm-hmm. X game, whatever game it is. And it's like, there was one on the, the uh, history of Galaga, which is one of my top hundred times. I still play it all the time. Whenever I see it somewhere, I'll stop and play it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I'm good at that one. The, um, they did a whole thing. It's like an hour and a half long documentary on how it got started, how it came through its different phases, the different versions that came out and why. And it's very informative and intriguing. And they, and they did one for Zaxxon the other day I saw. It, and that one was another good one. And I love that game too. So there are people doing that now. That's not tied to an IGN or, or something yeah, like it's that. A, it's a lot more it's independent. You'll, you'll, and the super niche stuff. There's a there's a group of people that are interested in it. Summoning Salt is a YouTuber that does the history of of world record speedruns. That's what he does. He goes through the history of a of this particular speedrun for this particular game and breaks it down of this is how it started. Here's the glitches they use. Here's the the paths they use. These are the guys that did it. This is how they do it. It's like oh, this is the 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 world record run for super punch out and how do you get it and this is how you make sure it happens and these fights are all rng and you need to, you just need really good rng for this thing to happen or you have to have like 0.5 like reflex and when this character does this specific thing that still exists the things that That's, people want to find it's there yeah and then there's also a whole bunch of here are the top five people cheat get caught cheating at speedruns <laughs> Yeah, the, those are fun to watch too because it's like you can see where they where they cut the screen and spliced right. in this other's run or somebody. There was one guy who had spliced in somebody else's run, but so badly that he had <laughs> bars across part of the screen what normally would have something there, nice. and it was so obvious because he was trying to get the <laughs> the the cut thing you know the numbers on top of mario brothers to match mm-hmm. up or to what he was doing mm-hmm. and it was it was just hilarious watching the guy go here's all of the ways he screwed this up so badly 
Yeah. So <laughs> the the issue is is that because of the internet, the the need of game journalists are less attached to an organization and more attached to a personality. And really, the so ones doing, that have been getting let go are more likely to be going off and doing their stuff independently from that point forward, right? They're going to start putting this stuff up on their own channel, doing YouTube videos, et cetera. And if they were good at it, what they were doing, they're going to have enough of a following to get over the hump and get some views that way. Right. Or, or, uh, you know, that's if they were actually into gaming. If they weren't into gaming, they're leaving the gaming industry altogether. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and they're just going into regular 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 journalism, which they clearly wanted to do. You know, they just Mm -hmm. got uh, gaming. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but that's just kind of how gaming is now. That's why, like, at this point, the, the niche thing that is slowly building into the mainstream is anime and manga mm-hmm. because it was comic books and then it became TV shows and then it became video games. And now the next thing is anime and manga. It's cart. It's a uh, cartoons for adults yep. or cartoons for, you know, that have more than just haha slapstick funny to it. And it's slowly people are building into, you know, that becoming popular in the in in the Western culture anyway, because it's always popular in Eastern culture. But just in Western culture, that's where it's that's the niche thing right now. Even though it's accepted, it's just not as widespread as the video games. Hmm. Right, like it's Pokemon kinda- is accepted because it was a video game, but it technically has the anime part of it. But everybody knows Pikachu, and that's about it. Yeah, and we, if we're talking about art styles too. Um, I was just thinking about how the, like the top three MMOs and we're, because we were talking about mm-hmm. Wars two the other day. And um, if you look at like final fantasy, it's very well done art cartoon style, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You look at guild wars two, it's very beautifully done specific type of art style. that makes a lot of, you know, right. Kind of like a cross between American and Eastern. And then you go look at wow. And it's like, this is horrible. <laughs> so this is like the different types of anime I talk about. It's like mm-hmm. there's some good anime yep. and there's some really schlocky anime. And <laughs> that's what WoW is doing on their animation. You can't characterize character you can't personalize or customize your character as well as you can in those other two games with WoW. It's just really and, bad. There's some decades and, of different and, stuff. And if you and decades. if you want to see the no, the extreme of that just, you want to see the extreme over, of that. You know, uh, yeah. Black Desert, which is like a 100% customizable characters because it's a Korean game and, and it's a Korean MMO and it's like, cool, cool, cool. You start the game and you spend an hour and a half purpose perfectly fine-tuning how your character looks. Including <laughs> pupil size and, and absurd oh, yeah. I was, shit. I was yeah. watching Preach Gaming create his character mm-hmm. for Guild Wars 2 and it was like, he spent the first 25 minutes trying to get the right and he finally was just like okay it's good enough it's good. Yeah. but he, he was watching where you can take the people size smaller and bigger mm-hmm. and change the nose and do, he was having a ball and then he was talking about how they got a lot of colors here and it's really the die system is really good and he, I'm sitting there going you have no idea there's so many dies in that game mm-hmm. so many different colors now a lot of them are kind of caught behind the, the gym store but what Guild Wars 2 did so well is that they're 
Gemstore isn't anything to do with power. Yeah. It's all customizable and, and how you look and things like that. And and there's just some functionality stuff like quality of life stuff. Like if you want a couple more character slots or some bag slots or some mm-hmm. bank slots, you know, that sort of thing you can buy. But nothing that makes your character better than anybody else's character. Right. But the best thing they did was that you can buy the gems that you use with real money or mm-hmm. with in-game gold. So you can use yes. in-game gold to buy the gems. You can use the gems to buy the expansions. You never have to give them a dollar if, you, if you're if you playing the game and making it. It's not that hard. There's a guy, uh, Mighty Teapot, just did a thing where he started a brand new ca- account and went from zero money with no levels or anything to having enough money to purchase all of the expansions in seven days. Nice. So, I, I'm, I'm, I'm lazy. I'll just, yeah, I just use cash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and that's what it's there for. It's what, and what's that really good easy. is that you can you can use the cash to buy buy gold, right? You can use the gems to buy gold, and you can go to the store to the the marketplace, buy the stuff that people have put on the marketplace who are trying to who are farming and trying to get the the gold to to buy mm-hmm. the gems in order to buy you know that sort of thing. Yeah. So you're helping each other out that way. Yeah. Can I still level up by crafting? You can level your character. No, you don't level your character up by crafting. Ooh. You level your crafting up by crafting. Ooh. Ooh. We used to do that back in the day. Nobody nobody levels by nobody levels in this game anymore. I know, that's, true. Two that's true. Leveling is a horizontal progression, yeah, not true. a vertical progression. <laughs> you can get bumped to level 80 in with you can you can actually buy just a bump to level 80. You, they give give them to you if you've been around a while. If you bought an expansion, they give you, you yeah, know, I've bump got a character to level yeah. eighty keys, right? You know, and WoW kind of does some of that stuff too. But it's like yeah, because the yeah because the zones yeah well because the zones like level you down. Like if you're in a level forty zone, doesn't matter. Oh, if you're yeah, level yeah. 80. yeah, you get leveled down. Yeah, well, you're leveled down, but you're not leveled down. You, you, you're still a god in that area. <laughs> like oh, yeah, if you're yeah. level eighty and you go in a level twenty zone. You don't have. You can just flick things off. You're not gonna. It's not as bad as like with Wow when you go do it and you just basically kind of breathe on people and they fall down. But you have, still have to work at it a little bit. But mm-hmm. it's you're not in any real danger usually. Yeah. Um, well, that's why I was when I was trying to tell them. It's like 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 when you said like you wanted to go 100 percent of level 17s. I was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind taking my level 80s over to level 17s and help you win. Not how it works. Yeah. It, it it'll be it a works. lot of fun. Right, Reinhold. I, I know I've been I beta tested the game, Reinhold. I know how this game works. No, no, I'm talking. I was telling Vincent that's not how it works. I get to Okay. But I'm saying, like, I wasn't disagreeing yeah. with you. It was going <laughs> into MMOs the, are just not my thing, personally. Yeah. yeah. It's I was never happened. Like, I was just it brings you down. So we like, we're on the same level and you just have some fun. And, and, and you're just hanging yeah. out with your friends. Yeah. yeah. It's a ball. And what's funny because you were talking about lore earlier. And mm-hmm. I found somebody who tried to do a quick synopsis. Of lore uh, of Guild Wars One, and it was it was kind of cute. It was kind of cute because they did it, you know, in a in a pretty short period window. But one of the lines they used was hilarious. I just wanted to read it to you real quick. Um, where is that here? It's like a Vizier Kilborn promised that everything would be totally be completely okay if the players just go to the Ring of Fire Islands and nope, 
he's a lich and it was like it was lying to you and let you just let the titans loose in the world you know yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was funny it's just like oh everything's gonna be great no nope. you, you got see, screwed see, see here, <laughs> you here you're, you're misinterpreting my understanding of well like for lore it's just I have to be invested before the lore matters. If it's oh. lore without my, I don't care. Then it doesn't matter. That's what no the joke how for awesome Ra- is. That's what joke for right. we got to get you back in Guild Wars was. So you have to be invested into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got. You've got to watch. Um, oh, what was? The, oh, I'm having a blank now. I hate it. Gwen, you got to know who Gwen is. Gwen's broken flute. <sighs> I don't think they ever actually paid that off, but that was like the, you knew that that was supposed to be a big thing at some point at the beginning uh-huh. of that game. And then all of a sudden it just, just like, for, for me, it's more of like, I have to be invested for the Lord of matter. Like, like if I really cared about Lord, you wouldn't, just, you wouldn't see me for three months. Cause I'll just watch all the fate series. <laughs> and when one person goes, I'm going to try to explain the fate series as quickly as I can. And it's a 40 minute video. You know, there's some bullshit. <laughs> uh, I think, I think uh, for, uh, for the understanding, Reynolds, fate, the, the fate series is basically, they take classic, um, both fictional and real historical characters and then make them into powerful anime characters. Hey, King Arthur is known as Saber and is a is a woman. <laughs> it's it's this way. Because anime. And the whole thing is that they summon powerful people throughout history to make them and they become these anime characters. But there's so much lore to that series that, it, that there's like four different timelines and one of the timelines is a slice of life timeline where nothing bad happens. So it makes no sense why any of these characters are here because there's no reason to summon fucking Saber to this timeline of nothing bad happened. It's just, it's madness. Hmm. So I have to care about the lore. Like that, I, I can't get like, that's why I haven't touched Gundam because I feel like once once I start, that's just descended to madness. Got it. Oh man, Oof. It's, it's okay, Harry. It's, I, I, I got, got I got, I got my G Gundam over. I, I got my, I got my uh, uh, G Witch over here. I'll watch that eventually. All right, thank you. I watch right. G Witch, and then we'll talk about it later. All right, I got some more <laughs> for you. So yeah, no, there's much lore right. in that. There's too much. Right. There's like 14 different timelines in Gundam. So while well, I've got everyone here live, so next Tuesday I plan on. Um, uh, doing what I really want to do is stream and do the because uh, the State of the Union. So I'd like to look at it and live react to it. It's, it's to me, it's a blast. It's a ball. So I'm thinking about not doing this show on that Monday to so give ourselves some breaks. What do you guys th- say to that? Consistency here. Yeah, but like we're gonna, you know, I'm gonna doing something on Tuesday. What? Yeah, you know, what are you doing Tuesday? The State of the Union, right? Oh, State of the Union is Tuesday. Uh, is yeah, next Tuesday. Yeah, okay. seventh, right? Right. You say so. Uh, you guys enjoy that. This is yeah. It's uh, yeah. Because I don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't care how state of the union is, huh? I am completely apathetic to most things, Reinhold. You you should know that by now. <laughs> yeah. I have to care uh, about no, it for me to for, be for somebody to have yeah. To be that apathetic to have that many opinions. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am I am informed. I just don't care. There's a yep. difference. February seventh, nine o'clock. State of the Union. 
Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I did talk to, um, what's his name? Um, Electric Karma. Uh, <laughs> and I was trying to see if he wanted to go to the stream house. I was like, what time does that thing start? Like, nah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, hey, why aren't you there tonight? Well, you're supposed to do it from the stream. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could, I could. Harry has to drive back home though. No, no, no. Hey, uh, but I did get the IP sec link between my house and the stream house set up though. Cool. Yeah. So you can real control stuff over there during the, during the live show. If you weren't there, you could just kind of mm-hmm. turn things on, turn things off, mess with <laughs> mess with the well because I got the I got the servers on in the basement. So you need to get um, security cams up and around the place so you can have live feeds back to your house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the DVR stays in here in this rack, but the cameras are over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's the plan. Yep. Just don't get a ring because then you have to run everything to their servers. Oof. Gross. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to pay them. It's even worse. Ten bucks a year. That's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Do they use my uh, images for brother uh, AI chatbot too? Oh. <laughs> well, I'm sure they use it for something. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so because they yeah. probably have the, the shots of me walking out on my porch without a shirt on. And they're like going, "Oh yeah, this is what we're looking for right here." Yeah, AI, yeah, hey, hey, someone's going to AI generate or uh, want to see a rhinoceros, and they're just going to just be you AI generated and see watch. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so it wouldn't have to do much. It's uh, Pretty, pretty uh, rhino looking already. Yeah, I keep yeah. thinking. I keep looking in the mirror, thinking, "Oh, I don't, I don't look so bad." You know, blah, blah, blah. And then I catch myself on the ring camera, and I'll get how huge I am, and I'm like, oh. "Yeah, yeah." You just don't realize it until you know you see it, and it just hits me hard every time. Yeah, yeah. Yes, consistency is a thing. I'm fine with doing like maybe a small episode next next Monday, but the simple fact that I've got to do this again and do something for the city, that's what it gets to be because I've got to do a show Saturday, then skip a day, then come in, do another show, and do another show. That's 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 what's getting to that is up to you, sir. I'm so, I I am down. I like for the idea of I, skipping a Monday. That's up to you. Yeah. I'm not the one who said you want to be consistent all year. You Your know? show. So I would like to skip next Monday and to come in on Tuesday to the State of the Union. So, all right. All right okay. So you guys heard it here first. Uh, if you're live, like we will not be live next Monday. Uh, we'll be that one next one for uh, um, technically it would be Galentine's Day, but it's just us this year and the guy. So, yeah. <laughs> The day before Valentine's Day is called Galentine's Day. If you're a Parks and Rec fan, for your Parks and Rec fans. All right, you guys didn't watch Parks and Rec. All right, you guys clearly don't hate be Christmas. suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Yeah, all right. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, clearly though, uh, Audrey Plus and Chris Pratt fans in this bad boy. But anyways, <laughs> oh, you mean Mario or Garfield? <sighs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> That he's both of those things. That's what's going to come out this year. Hopefully, he say. Hopefully, he's saving the voice for Garfield. <laughs> I just like the fact that Samuel Jackson's supposed to be like his dad, the Garfield dad in that movie. We should work. It'll work. It'll make it work. It'll work. It'll work. Can't have a bad movie with Samuel Jackson in it. Sorry. Well, yes, you can. 
<laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> then you get some movies that are so bad they're good. Have you seen like what is it for? Anyways, no, no, we're not doing this right home. I think the movie you're thinking about Harry's kite. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> thank you for uh, listening. Get this far in the episode. If you listen this far, you're a true fan, and you don't listen to anything else in the world, but decide to listen to this and that. I thank you. The show is a live Monday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live show. Now, granted, we won't be live next Monday, but you usually are on Mondays. So, uh, next, we'll be taking the day off or coming back the next day to come for the State of the Union dress, which should be fun. It'll be a lot of blast. It'll be a huge blast. So, and which we also need to pick a day in February for a big show. Anyways, we'll do that later. Anyways, thank you, everybody. Say goodbye. 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 Say goodbye harder.